0: Welcome, Switched On Crew. Dan here with today's signals around how to uncondition yourself. With me is Daisy from Self-Recoding, a podcaster, author, and more. A great quote from Daisy in the episode. Potential is worthless unless you do something with it. Join us and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Switched On Podcast. Today, we have Daisy Papp with us. Daisy is an author of Self Recode, Excellence Coach, Podcaster, and more. Really excited for this conversation we're going to have with Daisy today. I'm going to welcome Daisy and have Davey give you a little bit more information beyond the intro I just gave. So welcome, Daisy.
1: Thank you so much, Dan, for inviting me. I truly appreciate your time and your effort and your curiosity to learn more about the person behind all that, the person who is known as the author or the founder of Self-Recoding or the Excellence Coach. I'm a human being as well.
0: Yeah. No, and I love that. And you're a wonderful human. So can't wait for everybody to to get to know you. Thank you. Is there a little bit more um, that you'd like to share about, uh, you know, your background and Maybe give everybody a little bit of flavor for your journey up till now.
1: Oh, sure. I can give a short version of that. So I was born and raised in Germany. And my mother was German. My father was Hungarian. And I'm the fruit of love. And I was very, very fortunate to grow up in a wonderful, very harmonious, beautiful, beautiful family up until I was eight years old because my father was about to drive my grandparents, his parents, back to their hometown. And I was allowed to go with them. And I was all excited. I packed my little favorite doll and the matching shoes. and So everything was kind of neatly packed. And my mom was going to leave with them as well. And I was all excited. And last minute, my father turns towards me and says, Daisy, you know, I think you better stay home with your brother. And I was kind of really disappointed and sad, of course, as an eight-year-old would be. But I was happy that my brother was with me. And then they left. And a few hours later... They had an accident with a car, and my mother was the only survivor. And that was kind of shocking because it is like my, my wonderful world just popped. It just collapsed, and nothing would ever be as it was before. And it took my mom like 32 surgeries until she was able to kind of function relatively Um, In the beginning, they thought that she could never walk, but she had a very, very strong mind. And she, she used many of these tools that I was not aware of being existent at that time, like mind coding and focusing and wherever your focus goes, everything grows and such. So my family life changed drastically. And then when I was 10 and a half, I was sent to boarding school which was quite exciting because it was in a castle in south germany and you know who doesn't want to live in a castle <laughs> it's kind of nice you know Sounds so i thought nice. okay <laughs> yes i thought i had just upgraded to being a princess <laughs> and things were just not really as fairy tale as people might look at it from the outside and then after school i went to study to hungary because i wanted to learn my father's you know, the language, where he came from, the tradition, the culture, and it was really wonderful. It was a wonderful time, and I truly, truly admire the people of Hungary, and I love the language. I'm fluent in that language uh, since, and I very much understand part of myself that is genetically within me, that Hungarian side of mine, and just before the holidays, my mother gave me a call while I was in Hungary and she said, Daisy, I'd like you to sit on a plane and uh, attend to the fam- to the company celebration tonight. And I said, yeah, but how am I going to do that? She said, very easy. You go and get another ticket and you just sit on a plane. So I attended that celebration, that festivity that evening. And the next morning we were about to fly out to Geneva in Switzerland and it was my brother, my godfather, and my mom. And last minute, my mother turns towards me and she says, you know, Daisy, it's so stressful. Why don't you stay at home? We see you in two days. So it was a Saturday morning and I was kind of, ah, oh, I would have love to walk in Geneva and see the lake and it is wonderful in the winter. And so I was stuck at home. And two days later, I received a phone call that the plane crashed just shortly after takeoff in Geneva. And I was 17 at that time and I was orphaned. It was quite a challenge because I had no idea of business. My mother left a big business my my brother was very successful self employed. My godfather had his first baby. It was just born four day four days prior to the accident so it was very very tragic. And of course, what I would try to do, I wanted to find family because that's all I was longing for and I wanted to belong somewhere and to belong to someone. At that time, I didn't know that when I have me, I'm never alone. At that time, mm-hmm. I thought it was outside to be found. And so I got married and I have a wonderful son. He's also a fruit of love. He's 30 years old today. And then after I was married... I realized, well, some things are just not functioning well within me. So my body got very ill. Nobody really was able to find out what was wrong with me. I lost a lot of weight. I was like about 90 pounds, lightweight, skin and bones, and I couldn't eat. Nothing would stay with me. And the doctors in Switzerland, Austria, Germany, and Hungary, nobody could find what's really wrong with me because physically I was actually okay, but all the symptoms were just not feeling good at all. And that happened, I do believe, well, how old was I? Maybe 23 at that time. And a girlfriend of mine, she mentioned to me this one doctor she heard of and that she's really, really good and maybe she could help me. So she picked me up, my girlfriend, and drove me to the doctor because at that time I was not driving. I was too weak. And so I'm crawling in up the stairs to the doctor's office and I'm sitting there and... <laughs> This woman does something with me. I had no idea at the time what it was. But an hour later, I for the for the first time since the plane crash, I felt that the weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I felt that there might be hope to to have a life that's convenient or that's at least peaceful inside of me without all that burden and that tragedy and also the survivors guilt, because in both accidents I supposed to be in. Mm. Right. And so I asked the doctor, so what is it that you just did to me? And she says, oh, just a little NLP. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I turned towards her and I said, I don't know what it is, and I will find out, and I'm going to study just that. So a couple weeks later, I found myself in class, and two years later, I was a master practitioner in NLP, which I very much enjoyed, and I realized, wow, that's really amazing how quickly you can achieve changes within myself and helping others. Nevertheless, at times, I was looking for results, and they just did not happen as I thought they would. So I continued to learn other modalities. Later on, I went uh, to the tapping modalities, which I found really, really exciting. That was in 1998. Then I went over to uh, Family Constellation, Gestalt Therapy, I cannot even think of all these modalities. I really need to open my own website and read what's all in there and EMDR later on and hypnosis. So not to confuse anyone, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm not a hypnotist, I'm not a hypnotherapist. Nevertheless, I studied with some of the finest people in that industry or in these fields and I created my own mixture in 19. In 2008, that is when I founded self-recoding. And the name self-recoding came from one big idea and vision. Because who am I to code you? Or who am I to tell you how to adjust parts and pieces within you? I do believe that in your subconscious mind, there is an inner healer kind of Right. something and when I help you find that then you can do it all by yourself and so that is what self-recoding is all about. I help people to get the best results possible from all from five continents. I do that since over 10 years over video calls and phone calls so I do remote sessions very early on and I I Made some workshops and seminars, and then I started publishing books. So the first one was The Formula for Finding True Love, which is groundbreaking and can change society within one generation if applied. And um, I'm working now on getting teachers closer to The Formula for Finding True Love and The Island Model. That's another book that I published. So hopefully we can we can start teaching that to children because then there are a lot of misleading concepts will just not how would I say that uh, be part of these youngsters' lives? Yeah,
0: yeah. When you look at the self-recoding and you say, you know, I always try to break things down analytically, and I say, okay. Mm-hmm what are the three like most misunderstood things that self-recoding helps people, you know, come to a new realization about?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I do. That's a very good question. Oh, it's a very good, interesting. You analytical thinker. <laughs> I appreciate. So what, what self, what makes self-recoding different is that it is achieving results in a very short amount of time. Now, That sounds almost too good to be true, but how is it doing it? It is very directly working with the subconscious mind. Therefore, it is not that you need to tell me the story over and over again, therefore re-traumatizing yourself while you tell me the horrible story over and again what happened to you and the tragic involved. But we go in there and we just unlink the emotional charge from the memory. Therefore, we can look at the memory without feeling this emotional shock that our body was so accustomed to feel whenever we think of it. That's number one. The second is that we clean out the subconscious programs that are running our life, the show. I can give you an example. For example, when you started driving the car, and then you learned how to put the key into the, you know, in, into the car. And then they told you, okay, so you need to turn the key, but don't turn it too long, too far, right. because then you're going to burn it. But if you did not turn the key enough, then you don't start the engine. And today you sit in a car, and unless you have that little push button where it starts the engine, so now you, you just turn the key and you start the engine, you don't even think about it anymore. So it became a program. So it's it's very natural for you. You don't even think about it anymore. Same happens with thinking patterns and thought patterns that we have that we don't really take an inventory of them. Now, when we think these specific thoughts often enough, then we develop beliefs and many of them are not very helpful today. So I help people to take an inventory of the beliefs that are within them nowadays that they are holding on to and we keep those i'm not telling them what to keep or what not to keep there's a very simple principle that we can see is it still supportive or not and they come to their own conclusion okay so maybe it's time for a software update that then is the third book of mine, the software update for your mind which is just it's a collection of simple and very quick tools that can help you to just back on track and then the third part of self-recoding what makes it so different and very powerful and successful is that we are once having this empty space when we freed ourselves from beliefs that are no longer supporting us and then we put some really powerful life management skills i know it sounds almost rigid and technical but nevertheless, coping skills, management skills. How do I handle specific situations? How can I start living on a level of integrity that I always wanted and wished for to be treated with? And once we become that, so with this empty space within ourselves, we put all these really valuable, powerful tools and skills in there, and then life can change almost overnight. Yeah. And that is, I do believe, the recipe in short and then probably i would need to write another book to really describe it
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think there sounds like there's five more books at least and there is so much <laughs>
1: yes it's amazing
0: the uh, yeah, you, you said something that has really fascinated me through my personal journey which is you know belief change i've noticed this it is so interesting how people get their beliefs formed Mm. And how they never really stopped and questioned it. And they don't even realize they did it. Mm -hmm. But then they stand so firm in that belief. Mm -hmm. And it really has, uh, it's probably been the most fascinating part of my own journey is both learning that about myself, but Mm -hmm. then in talking to others, I've seen it manifest in a work environment, in companies, in the way they operate, in humans operating, in every facet. The belief change mechanism is so fascinating. So it's fantastic that you're helping people kind of journey through that quickly.
1: Yes, I do believe it is very important because, look, we are all conditioned to a degree. And when so I do sessions over Zoom, but in the past I only used Skype and then there are other platforms I'm using as well. But on my Skype profile, it says says, self-recoding, uncondition yourself because that's really the key. When we uncondition ourselves, then we can start questioning. So where did it come from? Why am I doing what I do while I'm doing what I'm doing? And not even questioning why and how and where it came from. So I think that is a very, very important step in self-development yeah. and in the evolution itself to grow and evolve.
0: Yeah, very neat. The uh, a question I always ask myself in there in my own questioning process is, where did my belief come from? Like when I notice that I have a belief about it, I immediately say, where did it come from? And then I say, what more do I need to know to actually reaffirm or to change that belief? And I try to really trigger some mm-hmm. simple things. Uh, and it's everything, like from food to uh, – I often tell a fun story that one time I – uh, I used to not be a very good driver, and I'm always, you know, oh. I'm really not proud of what I'm about ready to say. But you know, I used to drive really fast, weaving in and out of traffic, and I and I believed it was getting me there faster. And mm-hmm. then one day I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to drive it 15 days, my 30 minute drive, the crazy man way, and then I'm going to drive my drive 15 days, speed limit, never changing lanes, my maximum differential was three minutes. Yes. (laughs) Crazy. You know, I'm like driving, I'm putting my own self in harm. I'm making other people's lives uncomfortable. Yes. All for this belief. And then when Mm -hmm. I tested it, it was dead wrong, but it really was amazing.
1: I very much like that story. That's awesome because it helps me to see it's measurable. And probably your listeners out here, um, they can relate to that because they are either upset about those reckless drivers' stigma or they are one of them. Mm, yeah. And actually, a very important part of self-recoding is also slow down. Yeah. Because oftentimes, even not in traffic, but how often are we reckless drivers in our lives without being a motorist? Yeah. Mm. And we think, oh, yeah, but now I'm getting, I'm going to be there faster. And, yes, I'm going to reach my goal faster. No, you don't. You mm-hmm. believe. And that also is, I truly believe, related to the fear, the fear of not getting there on time, the fear of not being able to get there at all, and therefore we want to reach it quickly. But time takes time, my yes. son used to say. Mm-hmm. And he's such a wise young man. Imagine yeah. 30 years old saying, Mom time takes time and then i think oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> for the reminder because it is so important to really slow down and and notice the harm you're truly doing on yourself and your environment yeah. I'm not talking about the environment now, the palm trees and the nature and the oceans and and the mountains and, and so forth. I do believe the direct or indirect environment, the people in our environment, yeah. when we are these reckless drivers in life. And it is a very good idea to slow down because hmm, sometimes I used to say to my clients in, in the one-on-one sessions, I said, Are you a horse? Are you a dog? And they said, no, of course not, Daisy. Why would you ask me this? And I said, well, because this is not a horse race and it's not a dog race.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. And
1: then, you know, I, I help them also find humor in discovering their own hidden programs. And once they come to the awareness, although this word is so overused, but when they come to the conclusion Oh, so I have programs running within me that I'm not even aware of. And because they kick in automatically without me knowing I'm an automated pilot. Therefore, who is who is determining the outcome? So right. taking the power back and then they can start thinking for themselves again. And then they see the freedom and therefore they stop copying the past being afraid of that exactly copy of the past in the right here, right now, therefore pasting it in the future and doing it over and over and over again. And it's like the hamster wheel. You think you move forward, but you're not. You stay at the same spot. And once they come to the conclusion, okay, so right here, right now is the only time I really have. That's fact. So we can we can philosophize about it or discuss. Well, yes, the past was true at some time, and the future will be true, hopefully, at one time. But all I really have and where I can really take action is right here, right now. And when I take all my power back, allow myself to really take an inventory of my beliefs, whether it is towards my driving style or if it is my remote, relationship style or my style, how I do my work or how I complete work, how I exercise, how I eat, and then really question. And then I can freely choose. Once I uncondition myself, then I can choose, okay, I understand my parents or my grandparents, my ancestors, my community, um, my colleagues, my family, my spouse always did it this way. But I questioned it and I found another way now for me that works best for me. And I still love you and I still respect you holding on to this and I care for you. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm, choose for, I'm choosing for myself to do things a little bit differently. And yeah. I, I wonder if you can respect that too yeah you see and then comes in the communication skills that's a whole different aspect of self recoding because there's so many modalities that help us heal the old wounds but they don't teach us how to speak they don't teach us communication skills that are very powerful and hmm, respectful
0: yeah well i love it it is uh I just listening to you. I wish I would have met you many years ago. You would Oh me too. uh... (laughs) Me too. I wish I had
1: known what I know today, but I'm so glad I know it today. And I'm so glad that our path crossed. Yeah. You, Dan, and I, because there's a lot of things that we can still discuss, and so many things we can do and spread into this world yeah. to help others discover their power, so that they can realize, "Hey, wow, what a what a gift it is to uncondition myself, keeping all the love to those who conditioned me." Because. Had they known better, they would have done better. So that already covers the entire forgiveness aspect. That's also part of self-recoding. So forgiving yourself and forgiving all those, whomever those are. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have so much. We have. It's like, I don't know you as a man, if you like shopping for clothing because you're always nicely dressed. So I assume that you, (laughs) I do believe that you like getting some nice things for yourself as well. But let's say... We have a closet that is full with all kinds of clothing that we loved at one time, that were our favorite pieces at one time, that we thought they will be great, but then we found out they're not that good at that time. Then now today, I see that. Mm -mm. And then you and I go shopping. And we come home with all these wonderful bags and different colors and all this beautiful, beautiful new stuff in there. And then we try to fit it in our closet. It won't fit. So therefore, we first need to empty some space and then we can put in the new things in there. And then it will become so much more organized and more visible. So it's not cluttered, decluttering. You see there is this lady from Japan, Miyoto or what's her name? Marioto or... Mm. Mari Koto, I don't, I'm so bad with names. Well, what to believe that is, you mm-hmm. see. <laughs> <laughs> I am re- reassuring it from keeping it alive. And she would help people declutter their closets, their homes, yeah, their garages, yeah, yeah. their, their houses, their apartments. And I truly believe this is so, so important. I really enjoy what she's doing. Because it also helps people to also declutter inside. Well, yeah. self-recoding really reorganizes the subconscious mind and the inner world. I call it the inner world. So you can really have... Mm, let me circle back one step and then, and then I go back to that point. I'm, I promise. When we are born, we are born with this huge potential. Huge. It's like this, gigantic. And then something happens, and your wife knows very well when kindergarten and school kicks in, and that is when we start being conditioned. So out of this gigantic potential, this is what's left. And then we are programmed, and we're walking with these programs, never questioning anything, although we could be, again, these big, gigantic selves. And the decluttering, when we look at our beliefs, the habits. Why do we do what we do? Where do some, some specific traditions come from? Why do we do what we are doing automatically automatic pilot? And then when we declutter that, then we have this great potential again, because it's almost like we just, I don't even know. We, we, we were able to free ourselves from that box yeah. conditioning and, because potential is worthless unless you do something with it. But when you then get that taste of, wow, actually I have I have so much more within me. And you get the taste of it and then your body feels differently. And then you kind of start, wow, I think I think I want to feel like that more often. And then you feel like almost addicted to that feeling. And then you create your circumstances and your environment and your habits. You shape them around so that you can feel that almost... consistently now that is when you can be at your best self and that is when you meet people imagine you at your best meet somebody at their best and then think of what you can create co-create yeah gift to the world whoa
0: yeah yeah it really Mm -hmm. is true the uh i i just wrote down a quote from you there that i'm going to i'm going to l- use but the you know potential is worthless unless you do something with it it's yes. a really powerful and uh amazingly great statement so thank you for uh passing that on i think uh, uh, thank that you, Dan. to uh, take with me um thank you as uh, as we you and I could talk for hours, uh, but we're going to try and wind this one down. We'll probably have yes. it back for another discussion uh, sure, again thank uh, you. further on. A couple, uh, couple things i like to ask at the end. One is I, I have this thing I've termed a cauliflower moment, um, which is the moment you questioned a belief and you found out it was something that you had dead wrong as an understanding. Cauliflower was one of those things for myself. <laughs> I always like to ask guests, you know it can be fun it can be serious it can be anything but give me one belief that you questioned and you were amazed at the fact that you you had it wrong
1: well I can give you a funny story. So I'm laughing today. I think my son in the meantime laughs at it as well. So in my family where I grew up, it was mandatory that by the age of 16, you would have to have completed ballroom classes. Oh, You, you needed to be able to dance because you yeah. could never know where you end up. You know, you're <laughs> at, at a festival or you were at, at a wedding or you're at any festivity where you May be asked to dance, and so of course my brother did it, and I saw him doing it, and I, I had to do it, and I, I never questioned it. So my son, fifteen years old at the time, I told him, you know, you're going to turn sixteen now, son, and I think it's time for you to go to ballroom classes. And he said, no way. <laughs> <laughs> he said, mom, I have two left legs, and I said, okay, fine. Then I'm not going to support you with your driver's license. So then almost we got closer to how how cruel I was. I, but I only knew like, years later. And then, so he turned 16. So, and of course, he wanted to make his driver's license. And he kind you know, the boys also have a way how to speak to their mothers, you know, with these puppy dog eyes and look at you so sweetly. And then you, you soften your heart. And then you say, okay, son, okay, I'm going to support you with your driver's license. You get another chance. Go do the power room classes. And he says, mom, no, not again. <laughs> at that time, he had this sweet, sweet girlfriend. And she was dancing uh, contemporary and jazz. And I said, y- you have the perfect setting. You see, you can easily learn tango, rumba, samba, jive, waltz. Why don't you go and do Mom, please, not again. So, and then came winter and I didn't want him to, run, to ride around with my scooter. And I thought it's maybe safer for the child to have a car around him to protect him. So I bought him a car and I said, look, honey, here's the key. But would you please go and do the ballroom classes? I says, Ma, please. So, well, of course, I gave him the key. He had a car without really ever fulfilling my wish of the ballroom classes. So, we moved to the US when he was 18. And after three weeks, after three months here in this, in 30 days, I think it was 30 days. After 30 days, your international driver's license expires in the state of Florida. So, you need to go and make a Florida driver's license. So I'm going, I get my driver's license and he, you know, he's always passenger, but he likes to drive. And he says, mom, I would like to make the driver's license here. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, here, it's fantastic. You have so many um, girls that like to dance. Why don't you go and do some ballroom classes? <laughs> Imagine I was giving it to him one more time. <laughs> That's funny. And and so I think I, I still was, was telling him to do these ballroom classes as almost as if I was resisting sent for towards him. And I said, you still owe me the ballroom dance glasses, the ballroom dance glasses. And then maybe when he was 23 or 24, and I said, you know, where does it come from, actually? And <laughs> so it took me years. Can you believe it? Yeah. That's well, my cauliflower I love it. And- <laughs> I love
0: it. You know, we all we all have those beliefs yes. and these deep ingrained things. But well, listen, yeah. I really appreciate your time today. And how can people, you know, find you, interact with you, connect with you?
1: Thank you first of all. Thank you very much for inviting me and your generous time that you're gifting me and and the questions you're asking. I truly appreciate them. wholeheartedly and how you can find me. You can find me at daisypub.com. There you can see my podcast. You can see all kinds of things that I'm doing. Then you can find me at selfrecoding.com. Then you can find me on the podcast that I'm doing with the lady from Australia with Kathy Tate, the Bald Warrior, she is a lady who lost her hair due to alopecia when she was eight years old. And so we call ourselves Bald and Blonde yeah. Mindset Evolution. And you can find us on all podcast platforms. And then we have something very new it's the Ideal Weight Forever program. And that is quite exciting. And the results people are getting are just, oh, beyond my my wishes and beyond my expectations and especially beyond their expectations. And you can learn about that at learn.selfrecoding.com.
0: Well, fantastic. And uh, we'll have you back uh, for another discussion and look forward to that. So thank you for your time.
1: Thank you so much, Dan. And thank you for considering continuing our talk. It's very, very joyful to have uh, conversations with like-minded individuals as yourself. I Great. truly appreciate Thank you for your invite. Thank you. Thank you.